Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strength Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effective working out the will and calling of God in our lives. This is my first series-based message, which hopefully keeps you more interested by breaking it into smaller pieces. Not that the hungry, totally, and completely sold-out-for-God Christian such as yourself would ever lose interest in what God has to say. It's for the other guy, you know. There are seven messages in this series, and after breaking it up from what I thought would be one message, there is some small concern that I maybe should have broken it up into 14, but not because you can't handle these meat chunks. I just see so much going on that I am so tempted to rabbitize a message, which extends it to the realm of unfinished, and that is one of my weaknesses. Pray for me. So let's boom drop episode one. Anyway, the title of the message is, Did We Fall Out of Our Cribs in Heaven? I think the message is going to have to explain this one, Lucy. But I will give you a hint, and that is that the apple does not fall far from the tree. So leave it to me to talk about scriptures that we normally would be inclined to read and then walk around. You know, we want to get to the ones we understand. All those difficult ones are for the other guys, you know, the Bible experts. So, but when I first heard this, and I will explain what this is later, I did the same thing with the exception that I wanted to eventually take a roundabout and run over it again it being that elusive, revelationary scripture. Now, this is not a message for the weak, religious, or those that can spell and have a phobia of newly created words. And yes, you would know if you are any one of these, because heresy would fly out your lips like a hummingbird to nectar. Or maybe idiosyncratic fanatic. No, probably not that statement. Anyways, I'm so looking forward to crafting this message with God for you and for us so as to see where it takes us. Now, the idea that God himself calls us God. And yes, this is that, is rather interesting in and of itself, but not because it is so obvious that we are. I mean, don't we have superheroes? And then the rest of us non-superhero types who depend on them to save us from the bad guys? The idea that our spiritual DNA matches God's is, well, um, so obvious until you run into the religious nut job. So let's put on your blinders that it may be easier to see as we motor along on this no doubt to be a wonderful journey into our spiritual identity and connection to God thing. No doubt I may go forward, in time and back, in time interspersedly, meaning this may not flow from A to Z so cleanly. But hop around a bit is no doubt we will do a few 360s. If you have ever got a revelation dump from God, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And I will try to avoid saying no doubt again. In Psalms 82, 6-7 states, I said, you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. In John 10:34 it states, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? You see how Psalms 82:6 lays us out in just 12 words? You are gods, all of you are children of the Most High. You see the tree apple story here? Now we see here that Jesus was quoting Psalms 82, 6, and 7 in John. You know, just in case we forgot what Psalms stated. After all, it's a long journey from the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane. So now this shoots us to the beginning of time, right? I mean, we have to know where this identity originated. As every fruit has a root, and some roots remain roots, which is their fruit, but that has nothing to do with our identity or this message. In Genesis 1, 26-27, it states, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
We need to decom that dominion word, don't we? Dominion is defined as the power or right of governing and controlling, sovereign authority, rule, control, domination, a territory usually of considerable size in which a single rulership holds sway, lands or domains subject to sovereignty or control, in government, a territory constituting a self-governing commonwealth and being one of a number of such territories united in a community of nations or empire, formerly applied to self-governing divisions of the British Empire as Canada and New Zealand. Would you put this power and authority in the hands of men not connected to the one who created it? No, but yes, he did. Well, we did. But then he took it back, but not to preserve, but to end, so that something new would emerge and something old and corrupt would be cast away forever. Not the primer of the story, but I will show you how to untie a verbal knot. In Genesis 2, 16, 17, it states, And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So this is follow the rules or else, right? In Genesis 3, 6, it states, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Didn't follow the rules. So in Luke 4, 4, 6, it states, And the devil said to him, that is Jesus, All this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. So you see here, we gave it away. That is, we gave away the dominion of it all. Sin has a price, and none of us cared until we received the revelation of the greater penalty of that price, which you know by now is eternal separation from the image maker, that is God. So we go to 1 John 5.19. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The penalty of our surrendering our godhood, our responsibility for the planet, is high. Sin didn't just place the planet and all of nature under a curse. It has been destroying it, is destroying it, and in short time will completely destroy it. No amount of human intervention such as money laws, cabogenery, will change the outcome. It is an interesting thought we hear, that is, as Christians, all of the time, that some peeps don't believe in faith, yet those same peeps believe we can save the planet by a not-yet-developed technology that will or can replace something so limited and running in short supply, such as oil. We are in a very gross habit as humanity of destroying what is not easily given to us. We wage war over resources in other countries. We burn down ecosystems for money. We exchange the irreplaceable for the temporary. Can you see it? We have enough wealth sitting in a single family's nest doing nothing more than generating more wealth, while entire countries rot in poverty and disease. Now I'm not saying it's the family's responsibility to rescue those nations, but what would it look like if the earth, this earth, were to last forever? What of our resources? Our insatiable appetite to consume, use, pollute, our short-sightedness, and even worse, our ability to justify our actions, no matter the obvious negative outcomes. All I'm saying in this paragraph is that we did it, and it was intended that we could not undo what we'd done. We destroyed the planet in possibly less time than it took for God to create it. Just my opinion. Okay, so things look hopeless as we sway to and fro like a singing frog, and no, I didn't ignore the fact that John stated we are of God in his saying. I just figured that by now you might be inclined to believe that we are gods by his own, meaning God himself said it, declaration that, of course, we are of God. It's destiny. Let's look at John 12:31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Done. 
But note he said that the ruler of this world, you think God is running the show? Nope, he is and he is not. And he's doing so intentionally. But that's not it. Nope, I will explain. Salvation only means something if we know that we are coming out of a thing that will end, but not the end. After this earth is destroyed, our choices on this earth, that is our predisposition, sets us on a course to heaven or hell. Now we were all born to go right into the demon Huskow, once on the other side of this life. So, but when I say our predisposition, I'm talking about those of us who are from God, that is, have the seed of God in us, who are called by his marvelous light. See 1 Peter 2.9. So let's read from 1 Corinthians 1.9. It states, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In 1 Peter 5.10 it states, But may the God of all grace who called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established strength, and settled you. Second Peter 1.3 states, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us, by glory and virtue. You see, Peter felt like he needed to repeat this fact, and know it wasn't his twin. When a preacher is preaching, and we as Christians are all called to preach the gospel, are you hanging up on God? No worries, and you'd better worry. However, he is more annoying than a telemarketer on the weekends. He will leave the 99 to go after the stray cat. See Matthew 18:12. For some mythical bobulation, we say that cats have nine lives. Don't you believe it? They have one just like you and I. So second chances exist on earth, not in the sheep and goat lines of heaven. See Matthew 25:31 through 46. Pick up the call before the bill collector comes a-calling. Yes, until you become authentically born again, you owe the debt of your own sin. And you will have to either pay the debt yourself or answer the call to allow Jesus' death and resurrection to have paid the debt for you. Your friends won't pay it even if they could. The devil can't pay it. In fact, the demon Huskow was created for him and not for humanity. If there was ever a time when we needed a hero, it is now. A real hero that wasn't full of violence, hatred, destruction, envy, malice, judgment, but one who left his throne, his throne of glory to come and get back that which was lost, knowing full well that the only way of recovering us was through the destruction of himself, and that we would show our appreciation for his heroic act by murdering him. Check out Hebrews 4.13, 1 Peter 4.1-2, 2 Corinthians 8.9, and Isaiah 52.14. So then, but then, but then, you guessed it, Bonnie Tyler showed up, and from the valley looking up at the high mountain of God, she began to sing her song of witness. Well, that's it for today. Stay tuned for episode two, which will begin with describing what the Christian superhero looks like. You will be utterly amazed at how our natural man-made, made-up superheroes fall short of the one true living in all of eternity. Never had, has, or will have an equal to himself. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding the messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom of God than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through the people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.